June 15, 2021, was a sad day for the Southern Baptist Convention. The Southern Baptist Convention elected who the New York Times called a moderate pastor. His name, Ed Linton. This is a special episode of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. SBC 21, that ship has sailed. Hello, my name is Harold Smith, and that is a very sobering intro to a sobering episode of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. In spite of the way things have gone at the recent Southern Baptist Convention in Nashville, I'm still excited to be joined with my good friend and co-host, Wade Lentz. Other than the kick in the gut that conservatives received last night, how you feeling, Wade? You know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, both of us are, we've said this before, we're, we are not in the SBC. Um, both of us have a long history in being in the SBC. I have pastored uh, four SBC churches. I grew up and was raised in a Southern Baptist church. And I still have a lot of roots there, obviously. And and we both did everything we could. We invested so much in trying to get Mike Stone elected. He was the real conservative, the only real conservative that the SBC had as a nominee for the president. And And you and I both have talked about that even though that we are not in it, our churches do not support the SBC at this at this point and have not in a few years, we, we both agree that America is better if the SBC is united in biblical conservatism. And so it was really disheartening how the things went down yesterday. I was glued to my computer watching this on, on live stream. And let me just quickly... Uh, give you the uh, numbers if you were not uh, aware for the vote of the nominating nomination of the presidents. It was four people running. Al Mohler received 26% of the vote. About 3,700 votes went for Al Mohler. Uh, Mike Stone was 36%, 10% percentage points higher than Al Mohler. That was a shock to me. Over 5,000 votes. Ed Linton, was 32%, 4,600 votes. And then Randy Adams came in at 673 votes at 4%. Harold, after I saw that, I was like, man, he's got it. He's got it. You know, you you have to have 50% plus one to win the race. And I thought, man, he's got it. But what happened after that? Well, what happened after that is the, the Al Mohler split. Everybody just, I think, I, I didn't say everybody. I knew a lot of Moeller's votes were not coming from conservative candidates because let's be honest, the seminaries haven't been cranking out conservative preachers in years. Not to say the conservative pe- preachers haven't came from our seminary system, but there's been an infiltration of leftist ideologies in the seminaries, and a lot of Al's biggest influence came from there. So we have a runoff now between Ed and Mike, and Ed ends up winning with 52% of the vote over Mike's 48%. So he won by a margin of 4%, which 
really in in total comes down to about 520 or 30 votes difference. I don't remember the exact number there, but some people were calling, you know, for recount, and it wasn't close enough for a recount. There were enough mm-hmm. votes there that, you know, any way you cut it, Ed won it, and yeah. he won it fair and square. Yeah. Man, that was tough. I, I was I was shocked. I was really anticipating a Mike Stone win after that four presidential race uh, vote was cast with, with him in the lead. I, I really did not expect all the Al Mohler votes about 60% of all the Al Mohler votes went to Ed Linton. Yeah. And I couldn't fathom that because Al Mohler is supposed to be the conservative. You would figure that the Al Mohler votes would have went, the majority would have went with the conservative Mike Stone. Um, I, I was shocked. I remember watching the, um, the documentary that uh, Founders put out. What is it? Be Resolved? Be It Resolved? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were interviewing Tom Askell. I mean, and Tom Askell has been a true, he has stood his ground and fought tooth, fang, and claw throughout the convention, and I, I applaud him. But I remember in that documentary, they were entering, uh, interviewing him after the 2019 uh, convention, and he's sitting on a couch. He's wore out in the, in the scene, and he says, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. We got played. We got played. Well, Really, if you were surprised and shocked in 2019, let's put what happened in 2021 in perspective because you were not played here. They took two years. They made a documentary. Founders had a conference. So let's put in perspective what took place in Nashville. Let me just give you some bullet points. I believe that Mike Stone was the best true conservative candidate that we've had for president of the convention in years. I mean, Mike Stone's reputation is impeccable. There was no skeletons in his closet. He was very well-spoken, very well-known. I think Mike also did something that hasn't been done to this point within the convention. He ran a grassroots campaign where he traveled across the country. You and I were you know, were very active in bringing him to Arkansas and, and getting him before Arkansas churches. So we have a great candidate who, who really goes on a campaign trail and, and drums up support, couple that with the largest crowd in years. I mean, over 17,000 registered, but for the vote was 15,000 some odd messengers in the mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. This was a, a, a watershed moment as far as the size of the crowd. There were a ton of first-time SBC attenders, people who never took an interest in the convention before, who were coming to make their voices known. You put that kind of convention in the South, the South Central. We're talking about Nashville. This is, I would say, a third of the U.S. could drive there in a day. I'm talking about population-wise. You you seat this in the Bible Belt, and then you lose by four points to the wokest CRT complementarian candidate for president in a long time. I mean, guys, is liberal or leftist, whatever you want to call it, progressive. I know they call him a conservative, but, I mean, you and I are friends, Wade. There's no sense in in lying to each other. Right, right. He he is the most progressive candidate that has garnered this much. I mean, votes – candidates like him have ran before. Mm -hmm. But they only garnered single-digit votes. 
for a candidate with his views and his actions, how do you end up getting 52%? I mean, if you are a, if you are an establishment of Southern Baptist, you are rejoicing. If you are a progressive Southern Baptist, you are rejoicing. If you are a conservative, friend, you don't need to sugarcoat this. It is what mm -hmm. it is. You had the best battlefield. You had the best general. You had the most soldiers you've ever had. Yeah. And you still lost to, to, the, to the most opposite-looking candidate you faced in years. What Absolutely. do you think, Wade? Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's a very uh, hurtful loss. The lines have been drawn and it's very clear that the SBC is split almost down the middle. And um, yeah, they call Ed Linton a conservative. But my question is, what are you comparing conservatism to? Okay. Is he more conservative than Nancy Pelosi or Kamala Harris? He is not a conservative uh, biblical conservative whatsoever. I mean, my goodness, his, his wife co-preached a sermon with him. And, uh, and, and she, I, I've seen the video and she even said that I'm preaching and, uh, and, and yet the SBC votes for this guy is troubling to me because, um, man, like I said, we, we invested so much and we, we want what's best for the SBC but seeing this is, is very disheartening. And I know it is for a lot of pastors who were on the fence. And I'm, I'm very concerned that um, this was the last straw. This yep. was the uh, needle that broke the camel's back. You're thinking of a needle in a haystack <laughs> or the straw that broke the camel's <laughs> the back. Straw, the straw hey, that I broke. Did, what you're thinking is it's, conservatives are becoming as scarce as a needle in a haystack in, yes. in the upper upper <laughs> echelon of the convention. Hey man, we've had uh, little sleep and uh, a lot of coffee. So I, it, there's no telling what I say this morning, but it, it's troubling to me. No, no doubt. And I've already talked to pastors who've called me and said, Hey, I, I may be through. That was hurtful. What we yeah. saw yesterday. And it was just not the vote of the presidential race. It was the bureaucracy that they saw, which I have seen before at a national convention that sickened me, honestly, in 2012 in New Orleans when they elected uh, uh, Fred Luter as the uh, SBC president. I, I saw nothing but a glorified bureaucracy that the messengers uh, of whom is supposed to be the voice of the SBC really is not. The people on the platform set the agenda. They have control of the microphones to whom the messengers use to speak. And I saw firsthand them shutting off microphones to messengers, even some who were missionaries of the SBC, shutting them off, not letting them question certain things. And I said, man, there, there's nothing right about that. Yeah. And that was years ago. And, um, and nothing's changed in that and and it looks as if that it's never going to change uh you and i probably ought to do an episode sometime uh not right now there's a lot of emotions that are raw uh within the convention but we really ought to do a a episode on why we left the convention back when we did you know you can give your your account church you were at i'll give an account for the church i pastor and and what led us to those positions 
But here's the thing that I really, and, and it doesn't, this, these decisions don't have to be made Sunday when these pastors walk back into their congregations. Right, but right. Pastors need, Southern Baptist pastors need to think critically about what happened. You know, it, it, I posted a little, a little uh, a gif on Twitter of the night in Monty Python's Search of the Holy Grail. Uh, they're traveling along. They come to the bridge. The knight comes out. He says, if you want to cross the bridge, you got to fight me. So they're sword fighting. And he gets his arm cut off. And he gets his sword with his other hand. And he gets that arm cut off. So now he's just got two legs. And, and he's like, I've cut your arms off. He goes, oh, it's just a flesh wound. So he's <laughs> hopping around trying to kick the guy. And he cuts one leg off. And he's like, you're dead. He goes, no, I'm invincible. He's got one leg. He's hopping around. And eventually, he cuts the head off of the other guy, and that knight's head is laying on the ground saying, come back here, I'll gnaw your ankles off. I admire the fight in a yeah. lot of conservative Southern Baptists to want to keep going. But if you look at what just happened and where it happened and on the scale that it happened, you've got to come to the conclusion that, you know, yeah, it didn't happen overnight, it ain't going to be fixed overnight, but if you were going to fix it, it's, it's, it had to have started before now. Sure. It's not going to get better. Things are not going to change for the better. Look at any other denomination that's gone down this road. Yes. Well, you, you mentioned it earlier. If you cannot win in Nashville, Tennessee, you're definitely not going to win in Anaheim, California next year at the next convention. Um, now, there, there are those uh, friends of mine who disagree with me saying, well, there's a chance. I, I, I don't see it. You had your opportunity. And, and the biggest reason is, is the drive. Most of the Southern Baptist churches are in the south, southeast. And you're going to ask them to fly to California, meet out there. I just don't see that, well, that being a victory. Because you have to consider, remember, the um, entity employees itself. Now, they're going to be there, and that's about 2,700 messengers, just the entity itself, in NAMB and IMB and so forth. Let's put next year's convention in perspective. If you are a conservative and you're saying, all right, next year we're going to get them. You're like the guy hopping around on one leg who's had his one leg and two arms cut off, and he's still fighting. Next year, we're going to get them. Here's what you have to overcome. Just what you said. You're not in Nashville, Tennessee, with interstates coming from every direction. You're in Anaheim, California, which is you're going to have to go to Alaska or Hawaii to get further to the west than that. Yeah. So you're in a, you're in a position where small-town messengers who turned out in droves in Nashville are going to have to go as far away from home as many of them have ever been. They're going to go to the most expensive place many of them have ever stayed. When you start calculating the cost of going there and staying there, then think about all the churches that are going to leave the convention this year. Because for a lot of them, as you said earlier, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. They can, they're, they're, they're done. They may not officially drop out, but they may take their cooperative program dollars and go elsewhere. Yeah. Not all these churches will leave, but a lot of Southern Baptist people will leave. They'll go to their pastor. They'll say, why are we still in this? The pastor will say, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. They'll leave. You'll see a lot of churches shrink. I'm not saying in droves, but it's going to happen. 
Sure. So you're going to lose messengers to the next convention because of this. How are you going to replace them? Is mm-hmm. Nam going to go out and plant conservative churches that are going to to, to elect another Mike Stone esque mess uh, uh, president? No. Are, are any of the six seminaries turning out solid conservative preachers who want the Southern Baptist Convention to return to its its biblical roots? And the answer is no. Danny Aiken endorsed Ed Linton. Yeah. Well, I mean, these seminaries are not heading in that direction. The committee on committees that the president picks for three years now, it has been appointed by J.D. Greer. We're going to have a fourth year, and it's going to be appointed by Ed Linton. These committees are going to continue in the direction that the SBC is drifting. So question, you mentioned 2,700 employees that that work for the convention that will fly there, all expense paid. So -hmm. there's 2,700 base votes to keep the machine going. Yeah. How are are conservatives going to flip this total – in light of everything I just said, and gain the 4% they need to defeat Ed in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the plan, Wade? I, 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 I don't see it. I don't either. I, I don't know where the 2023 convention's at, but if, if you are a conservative and you are wanting to stay in this fight, then you better be looking at where that's at because I think 2022 is, a, is, a, is another loss. And and really, I think Ed Linton will. I think he's eligible to run for SBC president twice. Right. And um, it's it's hard to beat an incumbent anyway. So I think you might as well say, okay, he's going to win another term next year. But the biggest question is, why, if you are a conservative pastor, and and you have tried your best to try to steer this uh, SBC um, uh, in the right direction. You have tried to take the ship and you see that, man, we did everything we can. It didn't happen. What are you going to do? What, what's your, what's your out? When are you going to finally say, man, we've done everything that we can. It's time to move on. I'm not giving any more money to the cooperative program which they talked about that may be over $20 billion next year. Wow. Yeah. Um, that, that's astronomically high. Here's the thing. It's, it's an individual decision. Every church is different. Every pastor's different. Everybody's in a, you know, we're Baptists. We believe in the liberty of conscience. Mm-hmm. Wade and I are not trying to tell everybody, you're wrong if you stay in the convention. Uh, we're not trying to say you're right if you get out of the convention. All I'm saying is that it's time for Southern Baptist conservatives to think critically about the condition they're in. We need to be realistic about this. Uh, What are the plans for flipping this? If you just think we're all going to show up in Anaheim and it's going to be different, you're, you're out of touch with reality. Yeah. You had the best scenario to win and you had the best candidate to do it with and you couldn't do it. So you need to come to grips with the fact that 52% of the convention does not share your values. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. 52% of the ones that are willing to show up. Yes. And yes. I don't know where you could hold that where a larger percentage of those that share your values would show up. So you lost on your home turf. But here's a little point that I think needs to be drawn out. 
the Conservative Baptist Network put out a, I think it was them, I could be wrong. They put out a little uh, ad kind of commercial talking about drift in the Southern Baptist Convention. Do you remember seeing that, Wade, where the boat mm -hmm. was floating away from the dock? And they said it's been going on for a long time. And my question is, okay, if you did not stop that drift in 2021, and I mean, Askell even said, Ed Linton will probably be our president in 2022. You're not going to stop that drift in 2022. Like you said, it's 2023 before you can really have any hopefully plans. How are you going to turn it around when you're further from the dock than you were here? Yeah. At, at some point in time, Southern Baptists have to come, to, conservative Southern Baptists have to come to the conclusion we're a divided convention. Either we're going to go out as individual churches, we're going to have to form our own convention. You know, when, when the conservatives won in the conservative resurgence, the cooperative Baptist fellowship split off. Mm -hmm. So m maybe Southern Baptists need to think critically about having a conservative offshoot. Yeah. I don't know. I just think if they're if they're critically thinking and, and honestly looking at the situation, debating how you're going to overcome ordaining women in the next year is really not your issue. Your real issues, where are you going to send your cooperative program dollars? Sure. And, you know, you have guys like Tom Askell and Tom Buck have enough following that they could successfully start another branch off of the SBC, a conservative split there. I'm sure they have thought about it. I'm not sure why they are not doing that. Yeah, just the bureaucracy and the way the meetings get handled. Tom Askell, you know, when he was making his resolution, that thing had 1,300 Southern Baptist signers. Mm -hmm. and, and they just swept that under the rug. And then somebody else can walk up there with some goofy off the wall, and, oh, they'll talk about it and go on and on and on. And you can say, and, and you, you can say the Southern Baptist Convention is a – a bottom-up structure all you want to. Yeah. And you, you can get up there and get a microphone and make some statements, but there's people behind the curtain that decide what actually returns back to the floor. Right, right. And what we saw in this last convention, beyond just the office of who won president, we saw some strong-arm determination. We saw some cultural poster, posturing about what we're, how we're going to worship, uh, who we're going to put on the platform, what motions we're going to hear, what, what, I mean, all of these things were ran from the top. I just think you have to be honest about it and, and make the determination. All right. And if we're going to win this in Anaheim, you need to come out right now. Cause you've, you've got 11 months to get your battle strategy together. Mm -hmm. And someone commented, you know, looking forward to going to Anaheim, we could win there. And, and someone else commented uh, underneath it and said, show me how. Mm -hmm. How are you going to win there? That, that's right, all I want. Right. I, I'm not a Southern Baptist, but I want Southern Baptists to succeed. But I haven't seen one of these conservative leaders like Askell or Buck come out and go, okay, next year we're going to mm -hmm. do. I thought they sure. had a great plan this year. I thought they yes. had a great candidate. I thought, they had, I thought they had their documentary. I thought they opened a lot of eyes, and they did. They did. But it still wasn't enough to overcome the facts that 52% of the people on the floor would rather have Ed Linton than the, yes. than the opposition. I thought this was going to be conservative resurgence 2.0. And just because of the sheer number of people who showed up that have never been there before, I think this was the biggest convention 
since 1995, but it was not a conservative resurgence. They did not have enough votes to, to elect the conservative pastor. Man, if you are a conservative, you are, what's the old saying? You're walking slow and singing low right now. You're, you're down in the dumps and you're, you're trying to figure out what to do next. So yeah, at some point in the future, you can give your story of how, how and why you pulled out the SBC and I'll, I'll give mine and hopefully that'll help somebody who is contemplating the same move. Uh, and I'm not telling everybody they have to get out. Right. But you need to be realistic about how you're going to win this. And mm -hmm. I would love to hear a great strategy of how that happens. And if yes. nobody has a great strategy, then maybe we need to, you know, maybe Southern Baptists need to be thinking about, well, what are we going to do in the future? Because this is where we are. I mean, I think a lot of conservatives had to come to grips with not everybody that had an R in front of their name was a conservative. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when Trump came into office, I think that exposed really where we were as a country politically. Yes. And I think the way this convention was handled in Nashville has exposed and opened a lot of eyes to Southern Baptists about where they are as far as where they're going doctrinally in the future mm -hmm. and the drift that is commonly being thrown around. So you've got to make a decision, you know, are you going to continue to support the establishment and get what you've always got? Are you going to go in a different direction? Are you going to go on your own? And yeah. I'll be honest with you, Wade, a lot of Southern Baptists, they just like to fight. They yeah. just simply like to argue. I'm talking about the higher ups mm -hmm. that if they don't have a fight to fight, they don't know how to live. Sure. And sure. So my advice to Southern Baptists would be this. If you're going to fight, Get in there and fight to win, but don't just fight to fight. Yeah. If you're not going to fight to win, move on. Love your church. Evangelize the town you live in. Seek to reach the people in your town and quit spending all of your energies trying to fix a bureaucracy that you are the minority in. It's just, uh, you know, if you're going to fix it, fix it. But the, the level of hatred and discord and arguments that came out of both sides of the convention building up to this was not Christian in any way. And, no, uh -uh. and I, I made the statement on Twitter, you know, you guys either need to, one of you needs to win and push everybody out or y'all need to kiss and make up and move on. But every doing this every summer, it's not good for the Southern Baptist convention. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I would agree to that. And some of the things I saw with New York times put out there that Ed Linton won the SBC presidency and, he was the, the moderate candidate. That's pretty telling to me. If, if the New York Times calls Ed Linton a moderate, yeah, wow, that, that's, that means that he's a liberal to me. Yeah. Well, and, one, uh, one of them called the conservatives insurgents, like yeah. they had infiltrated the convention. It is what it is, and we've got to accept it. Uh, that's the message I think I have the day after. Don't try to spin it. Don't try to ignore it. If you want to come back next year and fight, great, but form a plan. You mm -hmm. know, you need to come up with 4% and you need the same turnout. Yeah. And if you can find a way to do that, I'm all ears. But I, I just, what I've seen over the years is the same group of guys that get up and fight and lose and fight and lose and fight and lose. And I admire that, but there comes a point in time where, 
the energies you're spending to save a beloved convention would be better spent evangelizing the town you live in. Yeah. Strengthening and discipling the church you pastor. You know, um, uh, someone asked me a few years ago, they were, they had just left the convention and they said, I don't really know what I'm going to do now. All I've ever done for years is fight liberalism in the convention. What will I do? Mm -hmm. I said, here's what I would do. I would go home and renew my relationship with my wife. I would strengthen the bond that I have with my wife. I would pour my time and the children that I still have at home, all the hours you spent writing articles, debating, uh, going back and forth, winning little arguments on social media. You spend all that time with your children. Sure. Any time you have left after that, pour it into the church you pastor. Mm-hmm. Build up what matters. Build up what God has ordained, the family and the church, and let right. the convention take care of itself. If you're in it, fight to win it. If you're out of it, focus on what really matters. Yeah, that, that, that would be my advice. That's, that's very good advice. I think, it's, I think it's very pertinent because you think about all these guys that have for years made videos and, and wrote articles, spent so much time okay, you, you did what you could. It did not work. Now focus on something that will work. We talked about this earlier. This may be a good time to start a new, a new convention, a new, a new, con- new network, a new convention, a new Call network. what you want, a, yeah. a mission board, basically. Right. Any more thoughts? SBC 21 is in the books and I think that ship has sailed. I hated yeah. to see it go. Um, I put my money where my mouth is. I, I invested a lot of my own time and resources, even as a guy that was on the outside looking in. And I don't regret that one bit. One thing I have learned is I have a deeper appreciation for who Mike Stone is as a person and as a pastor than I would have ever had before this. Uh, yes. I saw a man that shined in every dark scenario he was put in and I don't think the SBC could find a better statesman than Mike Stone. And uh, I don't know how they'll, I, I don't know who they'll pick as a candidate next year to kind of represent the, the conservative side of things, but I pray they find a man equal to him at a minimum. Yes. I, I think more highly of Mike Stone now than I did before the vote. I, I, I just uh, um, have gotten to know him a man of integrity, a man of God, a man of courage who took so much flat. He received so many false accusations and lies about him. That's pitiful. Yeah. Um, his family went through uh, a lot in the last few months and weeks. And so, yeah, I absolutely appreciate Mike Stone. And I'm, I'm a bigger fan now than, than ever. And pray the Lord's blessings upon him. I know he needs to rest, you know, reflect upon all what's happening. He, yeah, I hope he was a great candidate. I cannot imagine who would be the next candidate such as Mike Stone who would be eligible and want to go through what he went through. Yeah, it's like I said, the hill is steeper now than it was before 2021 convention. So mm-hmm. uh, another thing you mentioned there kind of hit on, and I meant to bring this up, just the level of dirty politics within the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the statement uh, earlier in the week, you know, it might be good, good politics to let your opponent get kicked around and bullied and mistreated and slandered 
but it ain't Christian. It ain't good Christian character to let that happen. And right. what we saw among the candidates, their silence toward the way Mike was slandered and mistreated, and it's just—it's not a Christian way to do business. It's mm-hmm. not a Christian way to do politics. I, I really, really—I don't know. I, I really think that the convention is adrift, and I don't think it's getting any closer to the shore. And uh, I think, and you know. I await the conservative leaders to come out with a plan to tell us how they're going to take the ship next time. Yeah. And uh, because as of right now, I just can't fathom it. I, I can't. So, man, I, if it was me, and, and this ultimately, this is what we have decided. Um, if it was me, I let it sail, let it go. You did what you could, let it sail, let it go. And you focus on your local church your family and you lead your church as, as the way the Lord leads you and, and stop fighting uh, for something that's really not worth fighting for. Because look, even if you've got a conservative president, that doesn't mean it's over there. There are so many other things that would have to be fixed. The Kevin Azell, the president of the NAMB, the NAM, um, that dude, he needs to, he needs to go. And the president just can't, can't do that. You know, he's a president, not a King. He can't yeah, just come in right. and turn the court over. Yeah. yeah. It, it's an uphill battle, but you've got to get a footing somewhere. And sure. And they couldn't, could not even do that. It couldn't get a footing. Couldn't get, couldn't get a motion to rescind, you know, uh, resolution nine, everything that, that they went in there to do pretty much got shut down. And if you're trying to pick anything below those, high standards, you're just looking for moral victories. And at this right. point, moral victories just kick the can down the road, the ship drifts further away. Uh, you know, I, I just pray for clarity on those guys. I, I pray they would don't make a decision. Don't go back to your church and say it's over. You know, uh, mm-hmm. every church is different. Every pastor is different. Um, I don't mind to say it. The church that I pastor they had no qualms about leaving the convention. They were pushing me to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Not every pastor pastors a church like that, you know? And right. so these things aren't worth splitting your church over either. We can you know? keep going. No. <laughs> you got anything else to say? Well, let, let me read you this, uh, this tweet that Ed Linton put out. He said, Albert Moeller is a trusted transformational leader in the SBC, in the greater kingdom of our Lord. We had a gracious conversation following the election. He generously offered his support. I'm grateful for his genuine servant's heart. Uh, that makes me sick, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I, honest. Um, if that doesn't show you who Al Mohler is, what else? Yeah. You know? It's a system, Wade, and it's a good old boy system, and they're keeping it going. And I, I admire everyone that has fought the system. I, I, I don't think you get medal. I don't think you get crowns for that, but maybe you'll get a medal in heaven for the way you fought. Yeah. You know, maybe you'll yeah. get like a, you know some kind of medal for that. But <laughs> I admire the way men have fought to expose these things, but. You know, the the problem with these is there's there's no end to the fourth quarter. There is no game over we lost. It's always we'll get them next time. We'll get them next time. And um, 
I really think we're getting to the point where energies would be better spent, not getting them next time, but, but getting to a different position. And yes, uh, it, it is, it is hard, hard, hard to watch. And so, um, I think from now on, I'm not in the convention, but from now on, I'm going to take a back seat, less interest. Uh, yeah. You know, your blood pressure will be better if you do not keep up with convention politics. Your mm-hmm. heart rate will be better. Your yes. cholesterol levels will be normal. Your cortisol <laughs> levels will be normal. Um, I remember the day my wife told me I no longer needed to read the Baptist newspaper. She said, yeah. there's no way that that is good for your health. Every time you read it, your blood pressure goes up, you get worked up, and uh, she's right. I haven't read the the State Baptist newspaper in years, and I feel better now than I've felt in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, Well, in the words of uh, President Trump, drain the swamp. <laughs> but as Pre- President Trump learned, that swamp is much deeper than what he thought. Yes. And that's the same thing in the SBC. It's much deeper than what anyone would think. And uh, but anyway, we, we're going to wrap it up here until next time. Thank you for listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast.